You're listening to episode 49 of Chirps, a St. Louis Cardinals podcast for Birds on the Black. I'm Tara, he's Alex, and the Cardinals' 2019 devil magic finally ran out. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Chirps. Unfortunately, this is the final episode of the 2019 season as far as actual baseball on the field goes. We are recording this show literally moments after the Cardinals uh, were knocked out of the NLCS in dramatic fashion, swept by the Nationals in uh, really... uh, convincing doesn't even begin to sum up what this series was. They were nearly no hit twice. They could not come up with any sort of offense in four games. They got strong pitching for the most part and then rallied late, which basically is like the classic 2019 Cardinals version of keeping us all interested right to the bitter end. Uh, Alex, I don't know where to even really start with this team or with this series or with this season, but let's just let's just kind of work through this workshop our our feelings about what we saw with this team in this in this postseason and and how to make sense of it all. So I, I don't know where do you want to start? Do we start with the the pitching? Do we start with the missing in action offense, uh, particularly in this series? I, I think we need to start with the offense, and uh, you know it's pretty telling that the most riveting game of this series was probably the one in which we were down seven nothing after the first inning the (laughs) one where the game was pretty much over after the first inning you know I I know we had a couple close games early on and that could be classified as pitching duels and they pretty much were pitching duels but you could tell the offense was not there like I, I had so little faith that anything uh resembling a run was going to be scored um you know, let alone, you know, two or three that, that are typically required to, uh, to win a baseball game. I, I believe also that this is the first game this postseason that we lost in which we scored more than two runs. <laughs> that, that kind of tells you what was going on with the, uh, the Cardinals offense. And uh, last thing I'll say is uh, I actually had tickets to go to this game tonight and I sold them once they lost last night. And as that first inning uh, was unfolding. All I was thinking was, "Thank God I'm not at this game." <laughs> but it turned out to be, a, you know, it turned out to be much better than than uh, I think we all thought it was going to be. Certainly, uh, Nats fans were very, very scared for about two minutes there. I would say, yeah. <laughs> so you know, what? I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's this team is so weird, uh, you know, and that's what you get with a. I think I've said many times now, they are, they are a good team. They are not a great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's on the one hand, they're very frustrating. And I want to complain about a lot of things um, from the front office to just, just the unevenness of the, of the team. But on the other hand, when you look at where they were at the all-star break, and then you consider the fact that they went on to win the division, they, uh, you know, pretty much did it by murdering the Cubs in front of their own home fans and then made it to the NLCS, their 10th NLCS in 20 seasons. Uh, You know, that's not bad. You know, it's a pretty good season. And I think something we all would have taken um, 
you know, if given that option several months ago, you know, certainly you and I talked about how, you know, if this team makes the uh, wild card game, but loses it, would we consider that a successful season? And we had mm-hmm. an honest debate about that. And obviously yeah. they did much better than that. So I don't know. What can you say? It is one of those weird things that we talked about this last week, right? Where the expectations change every, every win that they get when you come to the postseason. Um, you know, all of a sudden just making it to the postseason isn't enough. And then just making it out of the first round isn't enough. And then, you know, you'd like to think you could win one game in, in the championship series, but Nonetheless, you're right. This is a team that at the beginning of the year, we again had an honest debate about whether this team could honestly finish fourth in the NL Central and what it would take for that swing to happen. That was a, a legitimate thing that we we came up with, I think, a reasonable argument for how that could fall into place. And, um, you know, when they won nine games in May or whatever it was, it looked like a, a reasonable conversation to have had I think it got weird in this series for a number of reasons one because the offense just absolutely vanished and that's not necessarily something we haven't seen this year we've seen the offense go away but they had the benefit of time to sort of bring it back around and you don't have that luxury in the postseason there was a lot of talk about decisions that Mike Schilt made, whether it was leaving a a starter in one batter too long or in, um, you know, not changing the lineup when Dexter Fowler was like, oh, for the series. And all of that is fair, too. But I think when you start breaking down some of those decisions, you start to realize that it wasn't always an easy answer to to do something else. So, I mean, even tonight when we got the the shake up to the lineup, all of a sudden you have Edmund batting leadoff who was also O for the series. Let's just be clear that it wasn't like Edmund right. was tearing it up in the 8 spot and that was the reason that he should have been moved up. So, there was it just was across the board and I think that's the thing that stands out for me is that really all season but magnified in the NLCS this was a team that when they were all when they were all on a roll like they were in that series at Wrigley they were really really hard to beat but the same I I don't know cohesion or whatever it is that had them all on the same page at times would eliminate them from competition entirely when they do what they did in this series, which was just everyone vanished. I mean, there wasn't anyone really on um, on the roster, in the lineup, day-to-day, that you felt confident in just being able to pick up a single hit, much less, you know, generate any sort of run-scoring offense throughout the series. And that's just, it's so mind-boggling to me how that happens. What is it that flips that switch? And, and obviously... We've got to credit the Nationals pitching staff for the the tremendous performances they got from their starters. And we knew that going in. We knew that their their starting pitching was definitely going to be formidable to the extreme. But it, it just it seems like it seems like there's a weird imbalance in preparation and approach versus execution of that approach that just doesn't change during a game. And in this case, during the course of a series. I think that's something they're going to have to deal with next year. And I don't know if maybe you have a, an opinion on this. I don't know if it's a, a matter of 
talent. Like they're just they're just not good enough to keep up with that kind of pitching. Or if it's a matter of uh, offensive approach, and that's a conversation that maybe we will have several times over the off season when we talk about Jeff Albert and what he did or didn't bring to the the table with this team, and what we can expect next year. Or if it's just I don't know. It's it's such a weird thing for me to watch them not just be inconsistent like an individual hitter can be, but so extreme one game to the next. Uh, I I think it's probably a combination of uh, several things. One, just the um, variance that can go into a a small series like this when you're facing really good pitchers. Um, Real quick, I don't know if you heard me kind of chuckle earlier, but I have the local news on mute. And so they're showing all of the like, you know, celebrations occurring outside Uh the stadium. And a local reporter was just interviewing the two guys who are dressed up like sharks. And uh, (laughs) I have the TV on mute, so I I don't know what they were saying, but they appear to be getting more screen time than they probably uh, deserve. Uh, They were were being interviewed for a very long time and didn't... uh, by their body language, didn't seem to be saying anything of all that uh, important <laughs> other than just some s- screaming and stuff. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's just a small, you know, a combination of just, you know, small sample size stuff. Uh, I do want to talk about Jeff Albert real quick. Uh, a couple points. One, it, maybe it's because, you know, we've learned in the past that maybe I'm just not good with like facial recognition because I didn't even know what Paul Goldschmidt looked like <laughs> until this season. So in past years, anytime, almost once a game, they would always pan over to John Mabry in the dugout, like sitting next to Matheny or whoever. And he always had that same like really worried look on his face. <laughs> he always looked uncomfortable in the dugout. Uh is Jeff Albert in the dugout? Do um, I just not know what he looks like? Like, do they show him all the time and I just don't know that's Jeff Albert? Like, I, I literally do not know who this dude is other than his name. Is he yeah. it, in the dugout? I'm being honest. I would assume I'm, he is, but I, right? they, they certainly don't show him often How's as he, much as they <laughs> did with Mabry. <laughs> is it just because I knew exactly who John Mabry was and what he looked like that, um, that that's why I noticed him being shown and unlike Jeff Albert, I don't like, are they, sh- are they shooting over to Jeff Albert? Like sh- certainly at some point in the season, yeah, I'd be like, who is I'm that trying guy? to think back. Okay. Cause you're right. They did. They did inevitably have the uncomfortable shot of John Mabry after, you know, some 12 strikeout <laughs> performance or something. And I don't think we've seen that with, with Jeff Albert. That's a, like a really a, good point. In football, like how an offensive coordinator is up in like the booth. Or he has a <laughs> he's full, in the like, clubhouse. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's like up like on, like in the top section so he can get a full view of the, oh, field. There you, go. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe um, that explains a lot of the lack of the inability <laughs> to adjust. He like, he just comes up with the game plan and then leaves for the day. He's not even there for the game. I don't know. So yeah, my <laughs> next, my next point, and it's going to come with a huge caveat that he, it always risky, like going, trying to dissect, too much of a hitting coach's job or like approach at the plate. But man, it sure seems like now that the season has come and gone, that there was a lot to be left desired with uh, what we saw with Cardinals hitters this year. Like so many guys who we know as good hitters. um, Now also guys who we know are getting older, but still you shouldn't have, in my opinion, a drop off like we saw from 2018 to 2019 
in good hitters such as um, Goldschmidt, uh, Matt Carpenter, who had just a really, really tough year at the plate. Uh, you know, we talked about Ozuna got a lot of play as being like, you know, one of the best hitters on the team, but he, you know, he, he's just a weird hitter in general. Yeah. Um, but it's not like he was tearing it up, like like not at all. Uh, Paul DeYoung ended up being uh, not having a great year. Uh, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, and certainly I'm not saying like this is all like, you know, Matt Carpenter's uh, problems this year were all the fault of Jeff Albert because I'm vastly uh, unqualified to say that. But I would like to hear like some extensive interviews, um, kind of deep dives into what was going on behind the scenes, like what it, what was the strategy, like what – I don't know, like kind of more of the method to the madness uh, yeah. type pieces, which I bet we will get this off season because certainly that's going to come up time and time again. Uh, but yeah, the offense, um, you know, now that's over, I think we can say was the biggest disappointment with this team. Uh, yeah. At first we thought it was going to be the pitching and for a while uh, at times it was the pitching. Uh, the bullpen, you know, kind of ran out of gas at the end, but they were uh, they were a bullpen and better than most bullpens. They were, yeah, I mean, they were very good for, I would say, five months of the season. And that's about as much as you can ask out of a bullpen with how random they can be. Yeah, especially with all the innings they had to eat up early. And especially, I mean, even tonight in a game that went south early, the bullpen covered like eight innings. <laughs> essentially uh eight and two thirds right because dakota hudson only got one out in in the first before he left the game so uh, that was a a heck of a job that had to be done by the bullpen there again which is very reminiscent of what we saw early in the season but you're right the pitching became the strength um the defense became a strength and that kind of failed them in this series as well a lot of weird defensive things that I don't know if they were pressing and they, they they were just trying to be too perfect and I don't know. But the the moment seemed to overwhelm them at times and the lack of offense is – that has to be the story over this offseason and they have to figure out a way to fix it, which, I mean, it's easy, you know, when they lose a series in dramatic fashion to to be all up in arms about it, but – they did make the NLCS mm-hmm. that uh, I think is, is significant, but I also think there's something, there's a conversation to be had about kind of like we often said with Mike Matheny, good result, bad process. <laughs> I am not sure that the front office should hang their hat on an NLCS appearance without making any real changes at the, at the trade deadline to improve this team or give them a, a little bit of a, a boost in that regard and then see what happened um, down the stretch. So uh, there's the, the way this series ended leaves a lot to be desired and it kind of emphasized some of the, the flaws of this team. But the fact that a team this flawed got this far is still a little bit mind boggling to me. Yeah. Yeah, it it is, and um, in in a good way, I, yeah. I guess. I mean, you know, we beat the Braves, and they, for all intents and purposes, were probably a better team overall. But you know, it was best of five series, and and things like that can happen. I will say, I thought Schilt for the most part sucked this postseason. I don't know how else to say it, and the blame 
believe me, uh, falls on the players because that's who's taking the field and that's ultimately what it comes down to. But you can't really second guess like a player, you, you know, because sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes people just play don't play well and has nothing to do with like decision making it just has to do with baseball and it's it's not for lack of trying whereas i was so mad at schilt when he left wainwright in too long the other night the other day uh that to me was i would have been mad about that in april um now certainly with april there's other things to consider because you have a whole season in front of you but you know what i mean like i would have been mad about that during a game that didn't really have the season on the line feel to it, let alone a playoff game when you're down one nothing, one zero in the series, and and this is of uh, lesser importance to be sure. But you know, I kind of wanted that moment from Wainwright. I wanted him to be able to walk off that mound yeah. having only given up one run. And Schill, I'm sorry, did him absolutely no favors there. Uh, it's it's not fair to try to stretch a guy who's 38 years old to into i mean what what did he go seven and two thirds um and Mm -hmm. it was clear like you know you get seven innings out of a guy like wainwright at this stage in his career and that should be good enough and you know i know our bullpen's been not awesome lately but come on like you have two innings out of that bullpen yeah so i i that that i thought that was really disappointing um i thought I I certainly see your your point about the Fowler stuff, um, and because you know you're right, no one was hitting and all that stuff. But that said, I I think Fowler could have been dropped uh, either either benched earlier or certainly uh, further down the lineup just because he didn't he didn't look very good at all. Uh, yeah, and a lot of that's just second guessing now that I have the hindsight to do so. But. You know, there were a lot of good things that happened um, this season, too. Mostly that in the history books, it's going to say, you know, the Cardinals are the 2019 uh, NL Central champions, you know, and and that's pretty good. It's just, uh, it's so weird because uh, if they had lost that game today, like 7-0, like the fact that they, you know, put some runs on the board made it interesting makes it feel a little bit better. But, you know, they still got swept. And mm-hmm. you'd have to be absolutely crazy to say like you would rather them lose game five in that Brave series um, than not have to deal with this at all. But man, it sure does put a negative spin on what had been just nothing but positive leading into that. You know, you yeah. know, you know. I don't think anyone anticipated us um, just like trouncing the Nationals. I was actually pretty worried going into that series that just with their pitching and everything that this was going to be a very very uh tough series but i wasn't expecting this i I wasn't expecting a series that felt as other people have said felt just like the 2004 world series where Mm -hmm. we just seemed to be getting dominated every game so that was a little disappointing but overall like i'm curious what you would say about this If, if i had to grade the season uh for doing that uh B plus? Does that sound good? You know, A minus yeah. is really high. I feel like A minus is like a World Series appearance or yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Or an A and A plus. World I mean, Series appearance where you lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A minus. Yeah, I feel like that's, I don't know. Is B plus too low? Well, what's what's the No, no, what? I don't think that's too low. I, I think that, um, I, first of all, uh, to rewind quickly to the Mike Schultz stuff, I agree. I was 
curious how he would react to the pressure um, and the the limitations of a postseason. And I don't think he did very well. I mean, I don't think it was uh, the certainly it certainly wasn't the only thing that created a situation where the Cardinals were in a hole they couldn't climb out of, but he didn't do them a whole lot of favors with the way that he managed in uh, particularly this series as well. He stopped being aggressive like he was at the times when they were the most successful. And it, it was like he was almost doubling down on the things that weren't working in hopes that they would start working because there wasn't a lot of flexibility or there weren't a lot of backup plans to what was supposed to work. It, it just got his management got just as weird as the defense did on the field, I think. So the and and as far as Fowler is concerned, I totally agree that that he looked terrible, but my my overall point was so did everyone else. Yeah, no. It wasn't like it was just Fowler. a Dexter Fowler problem. No, um, absolutely not. Absolutely but, not. Yeah, but as far as the series goes, or the season rather, yeah, I think B plus is probably fair because again, I keep going back to the fact that when we did our our preview show about this season and we were making predictions, there was an extended conversation about whether or not they would end up third behind the Cubs and the Brewers or even fourth if the Reds turned it on. And that was a, a real legitimate concern with this team so for them to do that then to do go through what they did in may to um you know lose jordan hicks and have to rework the bullpen a little bit and to have just so many things um to get them to where they were that's why i feel like we can give mike schultz a lot of credit for that part of the season and that's why it was so strange to see some of the choices that he made once they made it to the postseason but a lot of guys got their first taste of that, of the pressure, of the moment, of the the thrill of the victory. And maybe some of them learned to not live stream post-game speeches uh-huh. and things like that, that now will be the only thing that people will talk about as far as Mike Schilt and the Cardinals in the postseason. But so it goes. Yeah, I think B-plus is a, a, a fair, at least in the moment, um, assessment of this team because I do feel like they kind of outkicked their coverage a little bit. They outperformed what a lot of people thought they could do, and they didn't get a lot of help to try to do that. They just kind of were what they were and somehow made it work a lot longer than um, I, I know I expected them to, and got to give them credit for that. Yeah, I'll also say that they can't afford to be complacent because yeah. this isn't like I guess what it was from like 06 to 2014 where it seemed like only one other team in the NL Central and and, the, and this was always kind of like a roving position but it seemed like only one other team in the NL Central besides the Cardinals had their act together you know like mm-hmm. like teams are <laughs> teams are smarter than they were uh you know even just 10 years ago and the Cubs have certainly are in a much different spot than where they were 10 years ago uh, with, you know, more competent um, people running things, it seems. So we, they, they, we really need to, I think this off season, hold their feet to the fire um, and make sure like that, you know, they are doing right by the fans that they are doing what they can to improve this team wherever they can. Uh, sitting back and saying, well, you know, look, we just made the NLCS. We have Paul Goldschmidt, you know, who we, you know, we signed last year and paid, you know, some big money to, uh, 
that is not going to cut it in my opinion, because I don't see a repeat of winning this division. Um, all things being equal with this, with a similar lineup. And we, we know it's not going to be a similar lineup because don't you think, I mean, that's probably the last we're going to see of Marcelo Zuna. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. still trying to decide if I'm going to miss him. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure I'm going to miss him, uh, his personality. I, my son, every time he comes up, who's four yells uh, big bear, you know, (laughs) so I'm (laughs) I'm going to miss those moments. Uh, but gosh, what a, what a interesting player he is. Uh, just like an enigma of some sort yeah. he's uh he's fascinating in a way and uh you know at times i'm really gonna miss him and i'm feeling at times i'm not gonna miss him at all so it, it's gonna be a very interesting offseason i hope the team is very active i hope they at least at least show some interest in guys like Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not expecting them to sign those guys because they are very, very good free agents who are going to, uh, you know, sign for a lot of money. And, uh, and they're also going to get interest from people who tend to outspend from the teams who tend to outspend the Cardinals, uh, the teams who, when they get involved, you know, it seems like the Cardinals kind of back away. So I'm not expecting them anywhere near the Cardinals next year, but it sure would be nice to see some interest there. Yeah. You know, it does kind of feel like this is a team that made it as far as they did. Like I said, without a lot of help, maybe like before they really had all the pieces in place. So to see that there's that potential to recognize that obviously you won't have all of those same pieces next year, but a lot of that core will be there and you have the, the, opportunity to kind of strike while the Cubs are maybe sort of reevaluating and figuring out what they're going to look like in the next couple of years. And the Brewers have some decisions to make there as well. And, and you have a chance to, just like we say every year, you have a chance to make a splash. You have a chance to establish yourself. And I mean, if you look at the teams that are left, the Nationals, the Astros, the Yankees, <laughs> The Cardinals are clearly the odd man out in that group as far as just the the talent and the consistency of that talent on their roster. So, I mean, it's great that they were able to do what they did this year, but they do have a lot of opportunity to make themselves better next year. And and I don't know, man, you, you look at the the pitching that the Cardinals got and that's great. But if you can't start to pair that pitching with some offense, man, I don't know. I don't know if a run prevention team is going to be the team that wins the world series, the way that baseball works right now. So um, a lot of, a lot of things left ahead of them. I do have to say uh, baby shark going to the world series (laughs) gives me a little bit of satisfaction. If the Cardinals can't be there. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I I have uh, two kids and they, like baby shark one more than the other and so i hear that song a lot and so people must think it drives me crazy when i hear that song but it really doesn't because i don't really like the song in general anyway so i don't really this sounds really backwards so i don't but whatever i don't really care when i hear it all the time uh because i don't like the song so i have no fear of like getting tired of it because i'm already tired of it versus like a song <laughs> versus like a song i like that they want to play all the time and i'm like oh right. no i don't want them to like kill this song for me <laughs> that said it is you know i enjoy i think the 30 seconds or 20 seconds of baby shark at the stadium is fun and cool uh i enjoy it and it's funny looking i don't know 
Uh, I yeah. don't. Why does he play that song? I don't know. Is he known as? It was his nickname. This is a dumb question. Was Parr's nickname Shark before Baby Shark? I don't even know the answer I to that feel like question. I should know that. He's been around forever, but, but I have no idea. I think that more players should choose walk-up songs that engage the audience because it's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's certainly good, as you said in your tweet earlier. It's much better than the chop, the tomahawk chop, or uh, actually, I think that yeah. was Brendan who said that, and you replied uh, in kind. But yeah, uh, th- that is the case. It is much better. Uh, I have one quick thing to say about this series and the postseason in general, and that is the subject of the juiced baseball. <laughs> and whether or not Major League Baseball all of a sudden stopped juicing the ball for the uh, postseason. And there seems to be evidence, uh, mostly from Rob Arthur at Baseball Prospectus, that that is indeed the case. Um, and stipulating, uh, just for a second, that let's say that's true. That is so, so stupid, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't baseball just, like, slowly start to integrate the non... If, if they knew they were going to do this. If they said, you know what, when we get to the postseason, we don't want to have all these home runs flying out of the park and have all these crazy games. Um, so we're going to introduce like a less lively ball. Uh, why wouldn't you slowly start to integrate like that ball into like into the league like in August or something like that? So it's not as obvious. Uh, yeah. Now, may- maybe I don't know how these things work, but it, again, uh, I'm stipulating that this is in fact true. That is one of just the weirdest, dumbest, uh, irresponsible things I've ever heard. It's such a weird baseball conspiracy. I mean, at this point, yeah, there it, it appears that there is a significant difference, whether or not it's intentional. I don't, I don't know what it is, what it is, but it's such a strange. You're right. Like, what does that do for you? I, I mean, if we're talking about a game that's by its own. Uh, by its own account, straining for new fans. <laughs> Why would you, at the time when most people are watching baseball casually, why would you start messing with stuff and creating a controversy and eliminating offense? And it just, it's, everything about it is strange to me. And I would like to just pretend that it's not, accurate but also like you said there are are a lot of people who are a lot smarter than i am about this stuff um who seem to have information that says says otherwise and we heard even mike schilt talk about how uh much less distance fly balls were getting in the postseason as far as they were concerned so yeah what a weird sort of cap on the postseason from major league baseball if that's the case yeah, no, it, it totally is. Um, yeah, just something I was thinking about. It, it's also funny uh, just watching the Nationals celebrate, and this is very off topic, but uh, it's really interesting when teams relocate to another city um, because, you know, the Nationals talk about like Walter Johnson uh, because he was, uh, you know, I, I think he played for the the. Senators last time a team from DC made the World Series. Uh, but you know, the Senators went on to become the Twins, and then mm-hmm. the the rebooted Senators went on to become the Rangers. Uh, and so the Nats also kind of talk about the Expos because they are in right. a way the Expos. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just mm-hmm. weird. Like, um but I get like do twins fans do you think do they have a connection with like the old senators? I don't know. 
I, I don't know why I'm talking about this. It's just something that popped my head. We don't need to talk about this. <laughs> this is a Carl's podcast. All right. It is. Sorry. It is I'm a, tired. It is a I'm tired, man. Yeah, it's almost man. midnight here. I know. And this series has been exhausting trying to <laughs> will them to runs here and there. Um, but that is the way the 2019 season ends for the Cardinals. Not quite satisfying when you look at the series in isolation, but as I think we've we've reiterated a couple of times, more than we hoped for at times. Lots of work to be done. I'm sure that we can spend a lot more time kind of talking about some of these pieces specifically once it all settles in and, and we're not just reacting in the moment. But I think the overriding theme for me in this conversation is that Yes, it's disappointing, but also I'm not that mad about it. No. Does that seem fair? No, I'm not not mad about it. If this series uh had just taken place um against the Cubs, that would have been bad. Um or yeah. I'm trying to think who else you know we could have lost to that would have uh led to some hurt feelings. Um but you know, I'm 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 not that upset i feel like the better team won this series mm-hmm. uh even though we took five of seven from the nationals in the regular season i i feel like at this point in time the nationals are the better team and they absolutely deserve to win that series so congrats to them hats off to them uh if i'm giving a eulogy of the 2019 cardinals i'm trying to think what i would say uh you were very entertaining. You had Marcelo Zuna jump climbing the wall. Uh, I, I think that occurred while uh, we were doing this podcast. Uh, you were at the game, and I was doing it with mm-hmm. someone else. Um, you had Marcelo Zuna pointlessly uh, climbing a wall and then not making a catch uh, because the ball didn't go over the wall. Um, you had the uh, four-game sweep at Wrigley, which is one of the most fun I've ever had watching the Cardinals play baseball on my television. Uh, and you had a lot of other fun things. So it was a weird season. At times it was frustrating. At times it was great. Uh, but again, as I said earlier, for years and years to come, it will always say that the 2019 Cardinals were the NL Central uh, champions. And that should always be the first goal of the season um, because that always puts you in the best place to do something magical. Uh, that came up a little bit short this year, but I'm pretty satisfied overall. Agreed. There's the eulogy of the 2019 Cardinals. We can't leave you, though, without a a chirp of the week, even now, as the Cardinals are probably trying to finish answering questions from the local media that they don't want to talk to right now anyway. So we'll let you listen to a chirp of the week instead. Yeah, and and I'm going to uh, note that this is going to be a pretty bad one because uh, (laughs) I was watching the game all night instead of... uh, you know, doing my the very limited research I usually do for this show, as <laughs> usually pointed out by you know all the mistakes I make when Shopta tells me I screwed something up. Uh, so that guy, yeah. So this is probably going to be very <laughs> short, but um, tonight was the third time, only the third time in the Cardinals' history in which they have played a series in the postseason in which they were down three zero. The the time the other two times we all know one of them and that was the 2004 <laughs> World Series and uh, we all know how that went and the other time you have to go all the way back to the 1928 World Series and that's when they were down 3-0 to the New York Yankees and then they lost Game Four uh, this was on October 9th 1928 they lost Game Four seven to three 
And what's interesting about this game is, as we know, in Game 3 of the 2011 World Series, Albert Pujols joined Reggie Jackson and Babe Ruth as the only players at the time to have hit three home runs in a World Series game. Uh, I believe Pablo Sandoval has uh, recently, Mm. I think he joined that club the very next year in 2012. Uh, Although he's not a very fun name in that group. Like, I liked, I liked it when that group was just like reserved for like very high end hall of famers and not Pablo (laughs) Sandoval, but whatever. Um, Anyway, I bring this up because that game four, when the Cardinals lost to the Yankees in 1928, when they were already down 3-0, this was the game when Babe Ruth hit his three home runs. Mm. And uh, Lou Gehrig also hit a home run. So, you know, the, uh, the Cardinals are obviously up against a very much a juggernaut of a Yankees team. This was the Cardinals of like the uh, Sonny Jim Bottomley days, uh, Frankie Frisch, Pepper Martin, Robert Marinville, all those guys. Uh, but they lost the World Series 4-0. So the Cardinals are now... 0-3 in games in which they are already down 3-0 in the series, uh, which, you know, isn't great. But on the other hand, uh, I'm actually surprised that they've only been in that position three times. That's actually pretty good, in my opinion. And also, as history shows, not just in baseball, but across all sports, uh, teams don't typically do all that well when they're down 3-0. It's, just, <laughs> it's staggering how many teams seem to just lay down. I don't have the statistics in front of me right now, but I do know the winning percentage for the team that's up already up 3-0 in that situation is very, very high. Um, but that is your chirp of the week. The three times the Cardinals have been down 3-0 in a best of seven series, 1928, 2004 World Series, and tonight. And none of them ended well, but... None of them ended well. That's all I got. <laughs> but they were all an opportunity to play baseball in October. So at this point, I- I'm satisfied with that. I'm sure the more we talk about this team, the more frustrating it might get. And the more we watch them over the winter, who knows if we'll be more or less satisfied with what they do going into 2020. But I, Alex, we made it an entire season of this show, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. I- uh, that is very cool. What, what episode? What episode number are we this on? This is forty nine. Forty nine. Forty nine. They very, couldn't. Very they, they couldn't keep winning a little longer to round it out to a nice even fifty. No, but that's all yeah. right. Fifty would have been perfect as like the uh, you know heading into a World Series. Uh, yeah, yeah. Episode number fifty, but maybe, maybe that's the biggest 49. disappointment. Uh, forty nine right. episodes in. Thanks to everyone for continuing to listen. We appreciate you and the feedback that we get. So now that we're a season into the show, if you have uh, ideas or suggestions, or if you want more guests on the show or things we should talk about over the off season, all of that's on the table. So make sure you let us know. Make sure that you're following as always on Twitter. I'm at Tara Wellman. He's at AlexCard79. And that is the 2019 baseball season, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.